At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. Okay, it is the Lombardi Line as we welcome you back. Thank you to Vinny Maliulo for joining us as Tiger Watch continues. You know, Michael Lombardi, as we open up the second hour here, Amal Shaw is going to join us. So will Josh. It is. It just makes it better. It's almost like with Tom Brady, how we talked about when he retired and he came mm-hmm. back. It's like, look, you can love or hate him. And most people like Brady. Uh, he's not overly polarizing. Love or hate him, it makes the sport better. It makes the year better. Love or hate Tiger, it is, I mean, it, it, him being involved in the 86 Masters just it puts it on another level, doesn't it? How about my man Sandy Lyle wearing suspenders out there? That's what I love about the Masters. Some of these old guys, they come back and they play, you know. They kind of walk the course for a couple of days. No, I think Tiger is, uh, you know, the Carl Johnson, who our dear friend is from the Bo, Bo, Bo down in Biloxi, Chick Jack. And he was, a, he was a legitimate golfer as a young man. He was a baseball player that transitioned into it. And, you know, he's been watching Tiger's swing. And, you know, he's thinking Tiger's hitting the ball as well as he's ever sh- hit the ball before because he's not trying to overpower the ball because the injury has kind of curtailed his ability to, to really be forceful. And so he's playing within himself. And Jick Jack thinks that he's got a chance to win this just watching these seven holes that he's been able to see so far, which is, is, a, is a fairly remarkable commentary, but it's from somebody who understands the swing and the mechanics. Well, especially with that back injury. I mean, he's had so many back surgeries, and I think Jick Jack makes a great point where he's kind of kind of stay in his shoes, stay within his swing, not overexert himself. 
And again, he closed 20 to 1 here, which is fascinating for a guy that hasn't played. Yeah, hasn't even played. He, he hasn't played in a Nor tournament. has anybody seen him hit a bucket of balls. <laughs> I mean, nobody's even seen him hit. You know, it's one thing to say he's playing well. You know, I mean, last night they were saying, well, Dustin's not playing well. Spieth isn't putting good. You know, Meanwhile, Tiger, nobody's watched him. Okay, we'll just bet Tiger. No big deal. Patrick Reed won it a few years back, and he closed like 80, 80 to 1-ish, somewhere in there. Tiger hasn't played an official event in 17 <laughs> months, and he closed 20 to 1. He got almost lost his leg, and I don't say that. I'm not being no. exaggerating. He almost lost his leg 14 months ago, and here he is, and he looks good. This is his second shot. He is even, so he dropped a stroke uh, on. It looked like he did on seven there, Michael. So we shall continue to follow. We've got the updates throughout the day here on Veasan Brady doing a great job from the D. But we'll keep you updated as his approach shot looks to be. It's rolling such undulating greens. You know, I actually was driving in thinking about. It. I thought I, you had told me you had walked Augusta before. Am I mistaken? Never have. I've never been able to go. My boys want to go, and and it's always been around draft time. It's always when I was in the league. It's always been so hard to get down there. And you know it's 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 on the bucket list. I think there's no doubt to 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 walk with your boys and walk that course and see what's going on. I would love to do it. I mean, I'm not a. I love going to golf tournaments. I used to go to Pebble every single year, but this to me is a magical place. Partly because of the way they make it almost like the it, like Father Time never enters the course. Whether it's the prices of the egg salad sandwich, or the you know the iced tea, or whatever it is, they just do a remarkable job of of keeping it the same and. The traditions uphold everything. That's why, you know, when I see teams change uniforms so much, you know, for me, I, I like it when a team does it, when, you know, the team stays status quo with what they're doing. Let me clean that up, Michael. He That was a replay they were showing. So he is Tiger one under through seven, and we'll keep you updated. Of course, TV will carry it today, 3 o'clock your time, 3 through 7.30 on ESPN. So I'm getting some of the replay. But if you have ESPN Plus, you can watch it now, which I have here on my computer here at the office. I have ESPN Plus, so you can see it. You know, and and you can follow certain groups. I think the Masters feature group of Tiger Woods and the Scheffler group you can follow around. So I'm sure a lot of people getting a lot of work done today at their office, especially <laughs> golf fans. Yeah, I'm sure that's really going over well, huh? Yeah, I wouldn't think so. By the way, maybe slept on a little bit here. You do have seven games in the NBA, and we mentioned it a little bit earlier, but how about your 76ers who actually Embiid, Embiid's going to wrap up the scoring title. He just passed your boy LeBron, who's out of it. They're in Toronto tonight. Thibault isn't going to be there. Now, this is a big storyline as far as Thibault not being able to travel with the team to Toronto because, you know, you have to be fully vaccinated. You have to be vaccinated to get to Toronto. It, I think Miami and Milwaukee, they have responded that their teams, their full rosters are vaccinated. Obviously, Thibault isn't. He can't travel with the 76ers tonight. But there you see it. Philly's won three straight. They're tied in the loss column with Boston, Milwaukee, and Philly. Boston's got two to play. They won their 50th last night, Michael. Milwaukee's got three to play. Philly's got three to play. And it matters here as you look at the standings because Philly, four right now, they lose the tiebreak to Boston and Milwaukee. Right now, they'd set up to play Toronto, the fifth seed, and that's not a good matchup for your 76ers. No, I mean, last time they played them in Philadelphia, they held Philly to 88 points, and Philly played their guys. They were an eight-point favorite in that game, and Philly played uh, everybody, you know, and so uh, – and, and they gave up 57 points in the first half. Now, they played better defense in the second half, but, you know, they got out-rebounded 56-40 to 40 in that game, 
You know, and so that was a problem. The last time they played in Toronto, you have to go back during the Christmas break, and Philly won up there. That was the only game they've been able to win against them. They won it up there. They they and and you know you go back to that game, you don't even know who played or who was playing at that point. So Toronto's playing well now. I mean, Toronto has played well over the last ten games. They're seven and three. They're five and two at home. Uh, you know, their offense is averages over 113 points a game. Their defense has played really well. So it's a tough out. Without Thibel on the court, that means Danny Green goes in. Maybe it helps them a little bit offensively, not particularly as much defensively. And there's still no bench in Philly. You know, I mean, DeAndre Jordan still, other if he makes a dunk, but when his plus minus, when you watch him, when he's on the court, it really doesn't do a whole lot of good for the Philadelphia team. But, you know, my man is still going to play him. It doesn't matter. I mean, he doesn't care. He doesn't <laughs> doesn't care as long as you as long as you have experience he doesn't care you can go in there even if you can't do it it's no problem you know just because you know what to do is the most important thing knowing what to do is more important than actually doing it these are bus driver players they'll get the bus to the stadium where you know because if we didn't have them the bus driver would nobody would know how to get to the stadium (laughs) Toronto actually flipped here Toronto open a point and a half Philly now a point and a half favorite and an OB is a game time decision a toss-up there you go it's it's probably one of it's got to be you know these game time decisions are always the thing in the NBA is you just don't know who's actually playing you mentioned how about March 20th at Philly Toronto beat the 76ers full squad for the 76ers 93-88 so a low score there and we got a total 215 opener has been bet up to 220 let me just make sure I get this right yep bet up to 220 in Toronto tonight this is a Toronto team that missed the postseason last year Michael they're 12 and 3 over the last 15 you mentioned their last 10 how about over the last 15 they're 12 and 3 and they're two games up on Toronto who's sitting currently in the sixth seed so they're sitting fifth in the east this is a very it's a competitive team kind of a weird identity length interchangeable parts Siakam's playing great scary team right now they are, but I think the one area where Philly's got a chance tonight, and Philly's done this a little bit better in the last couple of weeks, specifically with Tobias Harris. He's been able to shoot that corner three, and they make it fairly well. When you go over the data, the analytical data of Toronto's defense, one of the areas where they really are not very good is in corner threes. They rank 30th in the NBA in that ca- category. They're only 21st in allowing three points. Uh, they, they give up 30, th- three-point shots at 38%. So, you know, I, I think that 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 can certainly help. And if Philly, the other night against Indiana in the first half, they shot really well. They were really good shooting. In the second half, they didn't. They gave up a big lead. But, you know, the problem Philly has is offensive rebounding. They're not a great rebounding team. And, you know, they can't get – they can't really do that. They, their points per play is outstanding, but they give up too much to the backboard like they did 56-40 to 40 the last time they played them. You know, I got a few emails this morning that I want to clear up. I don't know if everybody understands how the play-in works, Michael, so let's clarify this quickly. It's coming up next Tuesday, 12th through the 15th. It's very simple. The play-in tournament is three games, okay? The Mm -hmm. 7-8 game, 7 host 8. The winner of that game immediately gets the 7 seed, okay? Then you have the 9-10 game. So if you're taking a look right now at the East, how about that, for example? You've got Cleveland, Brooklyn. Cleveland would host Brooklyn. The winner of that gets the 7 seed as the standings one sit game, right now. One game only, that's right. correct? That's, a, that's one correct. Game, it's but a one-game winner to get the 7 that's seed. That's correct. And then the 9-10 game, 9 host 10. The loser of the 7-8 game then hosts the winner of the 9-10 game. The winner in a one game play. In a one game play, and the winner gets the eight seed. So again, very simple for the plane. It's three total games, seven, eight. 
the winner gets the seven seed. 9-10, the winner of that goes to the loser of the 7-8 matchups home. And then the winner of that game gets the eight seed. It sounds so, more confusing than it is. It's just three games. So if you're Philly, right, you know, Milwaukee's at 49 and 30. They have the advantage of the third seed. Boston has the advantage of the. There's, a, there's probably a highly, highly likely scenario that Brooklyn's going to be the seventh seed. If they're able to overtake Cleveland, right, if they're able to overtake Cleveland, they get the seventh seed, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll be seventh. They'll play home. They won't, they won't play in Cleveland. If they don't, they'll play in Cleveland. And they'll overtake that. And then seven plays three. I mean, you're talking about an opening round of the East, which will be similar to a finals. Oh, hell yeah. I mean, for, well, right now, as it says, Cleveland would host Brooklyn. Brooklyn came back from a 21-point deficit last night at last MSG. Night. Did you yeah. see that? They were trailing the yeah, whole entire game and came back from a 21-point deficit. Now, the problem is Julius Randle wasn't playing. So this, right. this Nets team right now isn't a team I would back. They're not playing very good defense. They're not playing, but, very, but they're not playing the defense thing. at all. But if, if that 7-3, you're talking about two of the giants of the East, Milwaukee and Brooklyn. One of them will be eliminated in the first round. That's that's huge. That's huge. Yeah, I mean the fact that Brooklyn is sitting, uh, it's it's fascinating because right now you've got seven Cleveland, eight Brooklyn, nine Atlanta, Charlotte's ten, and those are those are going to be your four because Cleveland's two behind the six seed in Chicago. Chicago, by the way, can't beat anybody. Chicago, no, they lost three in a row. They've, they've lost three in a row, and they're now negative in point differential. I mean, so they're good. Their their arrow is down. They're lucky they they have a two game lead with three to play. They're the sixty four Phillies. Morikawa about the tee off. Michael Lombardi, of course, Tigers one under through seven. We'll keep you updated. Amal Shaw is going to join us next here on the Lombardi line. This is your Beeson Masters update. Brady Cannon back with you down at the D in downtown Las Vegas, updating the 86th edition of the Masters. Two sandy pars in a row for Adam Scott at four and five to remain at one under par, but then a bogey at the six drops the 2013 Masters championship to even par. He is still 50 to one in the live market is Adam Scott. Justin Rose, a three-time first round leader here at Augusta. He is now into red figures at one under par for the tournament through just two holes. Rosie at 66 to one in the live market. We've got two players in the lead right now, two under par, Takumi Kanaya. He is still 200 to one to win the tournament in the live market. Taylor Gooch remains at two under par and he remains at 66 to one. Cameron Smith now into red figures as he gets a birdie on eight. He's at one under par and he is down to 12 to one to win the Masters. 11, fig 11 players in red figures now atop the leaderboard and look at some of the former winners that are one under par tiger woods 25 to 1 danny willett at 150 to 1 and the south african charles schwartzel at one under par he is still at 400 to 1 to add a second green jacket back to packer maher and michael lombardi for more of the lombardi line 
You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSEN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, the Masters is teed off, but that doesn't mean you still can't make some cash on the tournament. Our experts are going to tell you their best bets during the tournament for the matchups. Of course, long shot opportunities and which golfers have the best value to win on Sunday. Sign up today and get full access to VSEN through May. That includes the start of the baseball season and our NFL draft betting guide, all for $19. It's vsin.com slash spring. That's vsin.com slash spring. Okay, Lombardi line, great job by Brady Cannon as we follow along the 86th Masters. I just, it's unbelievable how Tiger's uh, Tigers odds drop today, right? As we welcome in our buddy, our buddy Amal Shaw, one half of odds on out at Circa as we've got you covered from the D, Circa, Jersey, here in Vegas at the South Point. What's going on, Amal Shah? How you feeling? I'm doing well, thanks. How are you? I'm doing very well. Are you? I don't. I've never asked you. Are you a golfer? Why don't you take a wild guess, buddy? <laughs> well, you you've got the long, sinewy build. It feels like you could be a good golfer. No. Last time I played golf was in Tucson in 2006, and I said, you know what? Enough of this nonsense. I had enough. By the way, I love how we're getting this thing shoved down our throat like it's some re- religious revival here. I'm waiting for Jim Jones to come on the air. <laughs> What's wrong with it? Why, why do we got to have that attitude? Oh, all? It's the Masters. Break. We get it once a year. Oh, give me a break. Did you did oh. you go to church this morning and pray at the altar where about 4% of the people can get on the course at Augusta? Give me a break. It would be more interesting for the U.S. Open, which is going to be in Boston this year. At least the average person can attend. I'm not even worried about that. I'm just happy, Patrick. You know, as a former New York Uh-oh. City resident, Michael, you've been in the city a million times. I'm glad to see finally rats are getting killed, and we killed one Saturday night. And we don't have to talk about college hoops after that, but I'm glad the rats gone. <laughs> wow, there's nobody, there's nobody safe. I mean, you're you talk about a blitzkrieg. There's no one oh, safe. Hold here. on just... a second. Hold on. Tell me who likes the rodent. 40 years of coaching at Duke, I don't see people coming out and saying, you know what, this guy was like a I, father figure to me. I had such an affinity I for him. Were, nobody I, talks I, about I mean, with such I, reverence. I mean, you know, I don't know. I listen to a lot of people that seem to like him. I mean, you know, I don't know. Look, I'm sure he's got a lot of fans, but that's not what we're here to discuss. I mean, let's get back to this <laughs> this this anger towards the Masters. You're the only person I've ever heard it. Even people that don't like Al Davis hated golf. He hated I don't have pipe any anger towards golf. it. He hated pipe smokers and golf. So anybody who played golf, but he actually was endeared to this. Like, oh, did you see that guy? He made a hell of a shot. You know, I mean, <laughs> now he was way more into he was way more into women's basketball. I mean, he loved that. I mean, he would have been a Dawn Staley fan tremendously for her ability to lead South Carolina to two national titles. That being said, you know, he was a connoisseur of all great events. Yeah, what is, a, listen, what is your a, victory all for Augusta and the Masters in general? VJ Singh was Indian. They allowed him on the course. They'll let you out on the course. <laughs> I, I, I root for the Italians, too. It's, it's, okay. actually, it's actually probably the fact that everybody here at Vston acts like you have to golf to work here. I think that's probably more of what it is than anything I else. Don't golf. I don't really care. Don't you golf. would think this event is... Uh, uh, this is why I like coming on your show. <laughs> I'm associating with smart people. I mean, we're getting updates on this thing. Like, wait, hold on. Not to interrupt you. Not to interrupt you. But here comes Brady Cannon with an update on the tournament. No, I'm just playing. (laughs) That's a good thing because my ESPN app is down. I know. I've been trying to keep up with the tee times. I apologize. I've gotten a couple of them wrong. (laughs) And then I keep on seeing the replays. I'm like, Tiger just dropped a shot. No, he didn't. By the way, just for those that want to keep track, he is one under through seven. Did you bet the tournament at all? No, I've, I've never made a golf wager in my life. Uh, look, I think it's it's a lot of fun if you get on the course, you're out with friends, 
And I think the tournament's great, especially on Sunday, if you have big names in contention. But let's be real here. If you've got to get a program to find out who's in contention on Sunday, the ratings will not be as strong. And by the way, can we, by the way, one more rant there, Michael, for you. Please. Can Jim Nance stop with the hello friends? We're not friends. Stop pretending to be my buddy. We're not friends. I've never seen him come on any of these shows. Hello, friends. Well, Stop. I mean, oh, we should get him on. I'll, you know, maybe we'll get him on. He's a friend to everybody. He's even nicer in person than he is on the. Now he's taking Stratton off. I, for, I mean, everybody's got to go. How do you confuse me saying hello, friends, with him not being nice in person? And yeah. what well, point of my was, rant did he, I suggest or imply he's not a nice guy? <laughs> Oh wait, hold You're on. I'm just for him for saying hello, friends. I think if we if we surveyed no, 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 the crowd, no, no, listen, I, I'm just, I'm just tired. I'm just I want Ian Eagle in there. I'm just tired of Nance and Grant Hill. Grant, who has no opinion on anything, Hill. I mean, come on. Let, let's get some people that are opinionated in there. That's why I like Billy Packer. He, excuse me, Billy Raftery corrected immediately Jim Nance when he said the greatest coach ever. And and Packer or Raftery goes the last 40 years. He got that right. So let me just keep a tally here. Augusta, you're on the list. Coach yes. K, you've been called a rat. <laughs> Mel Tucker, oh, Coach you're K's, still... Coach K's number one on the list. Him and David Stern. It's a photo finish. Jimmy Garoppolo, you're absolutely a Hall of Famer on the list. Jim Nance, oh. because you say hello, <laughs> friends. You have been no, added Jim to Nance, Jim Nance, because he has no opinion. I love the fact that Romy, Romo puts him on the spot. Jim, is he going to make this kick or not? Right now, come on, tell me. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I think that's the job of a of a play-by-play -play guy. He's not supposed to. That's why you have a color guy there making seventeen million a year for him to give you the color. That's why they call him the color guy. I, wait, hold on. I wasn't done. The whole Veasan staff. You're on the list. <laughs> golfers. You were on the list. <laughs> Let's keep it. No, going. I didn't say anything about golfers. I said the Augusta people. I said what, Augusta. What are you I said and the Mike? Let, let me ask you this: What are you and Mike going to yeah. talk about today? If you're not talking, well, we're about actually going to talk about gambling related. We're going to actually talk about games, and we break down the games on our show. Which most shows avoid doing uh -oh. so often here. We're going to actually break down baseball. We're going to get into it. Uh, the Oakland A's, you still have a chance to bet this team under. think you have a, still have an opportunity to bet the Dodgers to win the World Series. And the best bet on the board, you got about another 38 minutes for. No pitcher to have 300 strikeouts this year in Major League Baseball. That line's gone from minus 120 to minus 140 in certain places. 300 Ks. I like that bet. I like that one. That's a smart one. Un there. Under I, on I that one. How about, I, I would think uh, you so, know what, yeah. uh, we'll start that way. We've got a game, what, first pitch coming up in Chicago in a little under an hour here. Burns, Hendricks, this total yep. open 10. Now the wind's blowing out, but it's going to be mitigated a little bit. It's going to be cold in the 40s. Also could potentially rain there. I've seen it's got hit down to nine, a big favorite yeah. for Milwaukee. By the way, if you're laying a run and a half with Milwaukee and juice at 115, that's an insane bet because I know a lot of people are trying to get in on Milwaukee here. If you want to bet Milwaukee, you're, you're laying anywhere between 170 and 180 here, Amal Shaw. Yeah, I'm not thrilled about the price on the road opening day. I think Hendricks is probably an undervalued guy, but he's more of a number three starter in my book, but he's always been consistent. Burns is the guy that's going to contend for the Cy Young. And Patrick, I thought you brought up a great betting point that people should heed moving forward. You don't ever want to really take a minus minus, minus a run and a half, minus 115. Generally speaking, if you're going to lay the run and a half, you're better served doing it with a team that's on a plus price. And also you like the option of potentially being on the road because you get that ninth at bat, whereas you're at home, you you may not get the nine nine at bats where you might get that run in the ninth inning to push up to a, say a five three lead where it was at four three. So something to consider as you get into baseball if you're not a frequent baseball better. I'm not a run line better. Are you Amal Shaw? I mean, I'll go plus plus. I, yes. I'll take a run and a half plus, but I'm not going to take a run and a half and lay a dollar fifty. You know what I mean? And I'm certainly not going to lay a run and a half and lay a price either. 
I, I tend to bet a lot of run lines in baseball, especially on lines under 150, excuse me, that are over 150, simply because the math supports it. And when you go back and look at some of the teams, particularly in the American League, and I think you'll see this now in the National League, with the designated hitter in play, you're going to have a little bit more of an offensive explosion from the NL. And pitchers will stay in games longer, which benefits you. So many times you have a pitcher in a, in a tight game, 0-0, whatever, gets pulled and he's pitching extremely well, maybe into the sixth or seventh inning, and he gets lifted. And so I think now you have an opportunity where you have a few more runs scored with that extra at-bat in there instead of what potentially Mike Palm talks about, and he's right on this, in the first basically five innings, he's assuming four outs with 30 at-bats uh, of the pitcher coming up twice. So I think it's going to be beneficial uh, moving forward in terms of how you see it in the first six innings, rather. What's your sleeper team to bet on the over this year, Amal? Well, it's not the Baltimore Orioles. Um, you know, I, I think the one thing team to keep an eye out for the St. Louis Cardinals, because if Flaherty comes back mid-July, this kid's an ace. He's a stud. That lineup, 2-3-4, is probably as good as anybody outside of Anaheim. I uh, really like them quite a bit in terms of what they can do offensively. Can the pitching come around? I love it. Amazing segment today, Amal. I mean, you bring the heat every time. You leave a lot behind, but you leave, bring a lot of heat. I love it. Do you have any? Th- oh, I, I, I didn't know. If you, go ahead. No, please. No, you. It's all you. I didn't know if Michael's friends with the rat or not. I would tell him if he was sitting right here. That phony, <laughs> Mr. Three Dollar Bill himself. That's Amal Shaw, legend. Listening to the Lombardi Line on VSEN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, BetMGM loyalty program. You can convert your BetMGM points into MGM reward points that you can use towards dining, shows, hotel rooms at over 20 MGM resorts and properties located in Vegas and nationwide. This is awesome. Like your credit card. Every time you bet through the app at BetMGM.com, you're going to get points. So you're going to be a part of the loyalty program. It's a wonderful way to go. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Got to be 21 years or older. And if you have a gambling problem, it's 1-800-GAMBLER. The Tiger Watch continues. Samal Shaw, of course, a big fan of our coverage here of the Masters on VSIN. He is Michael Lombardi. I'm Patrick Maher. Josh Applebaum joins us now. Uh, first off, Michael, do you? I, I wasn't able to keep track of Tiger there. I know you got the app going. You see what's happening with him right now. I can't really tell. I got so, you know, the, bo- the boat through the wake zone, that, that boat called Amal <laughs> Shaw that goes through the wake zone at record speeds. I'm still trying to deal with the waves that he's created. <laughs> that's, that's well put. That is well I mean, put. He is, truly, he is truly the boat through. I think I he's in him. trouble here. I think he's over a nine and he's over far left. In, oh, he bogeyed eight. So he dropped the stroke at eight. eight. So he is but even on the turn. Our man, Jick Jack, is remarkable. He's got such insight. He just texted me and said that a oh, buddy of, through knowledge, you know, as most bookmakers have, is that Tiger for the last three, two months have been walking six to eight miles a day on an uphill climb to prepare for this, which will, you know, to get his leg in. He's still limping like this. Now he's kind of stuffed stuck in the pine needles here and he's going to and, and he's going to nine which is to me one of the prettiest holes on the course I, I it's it's one of those holes that's wide open yet it's impossible to get the the ball close to the pin based on the undulations of the greens it really requires the perfect second shot so this is going to be a real challenge for him to get this even close to make 
par here. And to Jack Jack's point, as we say hi to Josh Applebaum, this is Tiger Woods. He's he's trained with Navy SEALs in the past, so he is yeah. he's he's a fanatic about his training. Josh, as we welcome you in, it's kind of a philosophical question, and I just said to Amal Shaw, Amal Shaw, once that number gets past 150 in Major League Baseball betting, he will go run line. It's just philosophical. It's something I've always avoided run lines and puck lines in hockey. Do you have a take? Because with baseball, there's it's such a wide array, and there's so many games for eight months. I'll generally just try to find some prices on dogs as opposed to lane. If I do bet the run line, I'll, I'll take the one and a half plus money. Do you have a philosophy on run line betting? So, Patrick, Michael, great to be with you. And by the way, guys, Michael, I hope you got your Mike Piazza mitt because your boy over here, we got the Nomar, the Louisville Slugger. Oh, so you, got a, you got a prop. It, so, yeah. We like this. Oh, yeah. We got props. Yeah, yeah. We're ready to go here. But, Patrick, to your point before we hit on a couple games today, I think, it, you know, you take each game individually. I don't think there's a, hey, if it's over 300, I'll go run line. Or, hey, if it's, you know, a huge dog getting a, you know, a plus one and a half where you can get some plus money, grab that. So, uh, again, I think you take each game individually. But to me, I'm really not going to bet any favorites in baseball, like minus 250 or more. At that point, maybe you target a first five. Maybe you look at uh, the prop market. It's just such a long season. Like hockey, Patrick, you know this. You and I are sometimes willing to lay bigger numbers because favorites win at a higher rate. In baseball, favorites still win about 65% of the time, but it's a little bit lower, and it's such a volatile season that if you continue to lay these you know, big numbers, you're going to win a majority of the time, but because you're laying so much juice, you're not going to turn a profit at all. So I'll take them individually. To me, guys, I'm looking for uh, divisional dogs with high totals. I'm looking at some you know, uh, maybe 10-cent steam moves toward a home team. And again, windy unders and overs, that's something I'd also look for in MLB. There you go. And speaking of windy, uh, it's going to be windy in Chicago. No surprise. And you always listen. There's a few things you're looking. You're looking for umps. You're looking for weather. Obviously, you're looking for the wind, the temperature. The temperature is going to be cold in the 40s today at Wrigley. This game coming up in about 40 minutes here, Josh. The Brewers are a big favorite. Of course, 195 in division and overall last year. They're laying $1.70. And you see that total it has dipped from 10 down to 9. Yeah, so I did lay it with the Brewers, Patrick. You know, I did saw a big move in their favor. You know, a lot of these books open the Brewers around a minus 150 favorite. They're steamed up to around minus 170. One thing to note going into today is that opening day favorites tend to do very well. You're rested. You're ready to go. You got your ace on the mound. Your bullpen is, is fully rested. Uh, therefore, you know, all things being equal, that better team tends to win a majority of the time on opening day. Over the last 15 years, opening day favorites are 161 and 96, around 64%. So that's kind of my play on Milwaukee there with that big move. But to your point, Wrigley Field is always the field you got to look at the weather. And, you know, as betters, this is something that we, we wait for. The other thing that you know how important weather is, is that these Chicago totals don't get posted uh, the previous night. They typically wait until the morning. Uh, and what's notable to me, Patrick, is wind is howling out like 15 miles an hour to dead center. But the total actually fell. So it opened, it opened at like 10, 10 and a half. It's down to nine. If you can buy low and take the nine, I'll lean a little bit over, especially with these pitchers up against it in a really shortened spring training. Oh, I see what you're saying. The good job, uh, Josh. I see what you're saying, Michael. He is over there in the pine needles, right? That must be on yeah, nine. Yeah. Now he just he went he went and now he's in front of nine. He's got a direct chip, but whoever he's playing with just hit a hell of a shot. Went in for an eagle. I don't know who that is, but it's. I mean, I, as I just said, it's hard to get it close. My man here, I think it's Newman. Hello, yeah, he's Newman. Playing I think the, he got the, it close. The Chilean. Hello, Newman. Newman. Yeah, yeah, he is. Uh, he's tremendous. Newman. Yeah, we'll call him. Yeah, Newman. We, Hello, we'll call him whatever you want. He is yeah. so he hold out for an a eagle. hell of a shot. Yeah, I mean, he, he's tremendous. Tiger dropped a stroke on eight, so we'll keep you updated with the Masters coverage here on V Sin. Josh, another one which is interesting 
is Cincinnati. Well, hold on, before we yeah, go please. there, Patrick. Eight, you know, which see to me the one the, the winners of this tournament typically birdie the par fives all the way through, and for Tiger to get a bogey on eight, which is a a hole that typically because of the length and because of how wide open it is, you know, you've got to really play these par fives. I mean, oh, the you got to take on advantage. Sunday You're right. Always is great on the par fives. Yep. Takes advantage of the par fives at Augusta. Always important. As I'm, I'm way behind you. I got to get on the app. Um, how about the Reds, who have sold? You know, a couple teams have really kind of waved the white flag this year. The Reds, the Pirates are another. The Pirates got a thirty-seven dollar, thirty-seven million dollar payroll. Uh, so it gives you an idea of what they're looking at. But they're at the Champs today, Cincinnati at Atlanta, and this number with Freed on the bump, open a little over two dollars, has been bet down to one seventy, one eighty-ish. What gives with the red money here, Josh? Yeah, it's kind of perplexing here. Maybe Pete Rose put a big wager on his old team here today. <laughs> Something's going on because, yeah, they opened laying like minus 200. They're down to, as you mentioned, Patrick, you know, minus 180 around the market here. So there was some movement here towards Cincinnati. Do I have the stones to bet the Reds here today? Not really, but I do have a play in this game, guys. This, to me, is your top windy over today. Remember, when the wind's blowing out, it uh, really can benefit overs. Typically, you know, a warning track fly ball could be pushed into a first row uh, home run there. So I always look at this uh, kind of windy over system. It's kind of an auto bet for me. And this is your top windy over. So the total in this one, guys, uh, open around eight. You can still find an eight. I think you shop around. It's there. You got to pay like minus 115, minus 120, but it's getting steamed up to around eight and a half. So I played the over eight in this one. Uh, you do have great weather here in Atlanta. It's going to be about 60 degrees. The wind is blowing out to dead center about 12 to 15 miles an hour. So that's my play on this one, guys. Uh, also combining the fact that these pitchers are not stretched out. I'm looking for some runs here. Try to find the eight. Big difference between an eight and an eight and a half. This is a five, three game. You want to push your eight. You don't want to lose it there if you miss it and get the hook. And you're talking about playing the five uh, oh, uh, under five. You're talking about five inning play, right, Josh? Uh, I'm talking full game here. Yeah, so full game full over game. eight okay. yeah, with the wind blowing out. Yeah, exactly. A couple of notes. That Washington, uh, they're hosting the Mets. That got pushed back today. McGill's going to be on the bump for the Mets, of course. No DeGrom and no Strasburg for Washington. This is a team that sold everybody last year. Corbin, who was horrible last year. You have the Mets here, Josh, a slight favorite. 128 opener. It's been bet down to 118, 120-ish with the Mets on the road. But Washington is a team that is, let's say rebuilding and trying to sign Juan Soto for the future. Yeah, Patrick, you're very kind calling it the rebuild there in Washington. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they so sold everybody. Sold. <laughs> yeah, they're they're just uh, resting on their laurels from that World Series a few years ago. But I'm kind of intrigued by the Nationals here. They're kind of a close play to me. I'm going to monitor this thing since it's a 7 o'clock game. But you did open the Mets uh, around a minus 125 favorite. They're all the way down to, you know, minus 115. Minus, we're showing minus 111 on our board. So this is kind of a just a classic reverse line move. Public is on the Mets, even though it's no Scherzer, it's no DeGrom today. It's Trevor Miguel. Uh, but yet, despite getting around 60% of bets, the line has fallen toward the Nationals. So Nationals, as bad as they are, you know, it's kind of a, a pretty, you know, almost an even number at this point. So it's not like a minus 180. Uh, and also with the public on the Mets, the line should go to the Mets. It's not. It's going to Washington here. So I'll lean on a divisional dog here with a high total, a uh, little bit here on the Nats if it continues that way. But I am going to play another over, guys. I'm playing a lot of these overs with these pitchers not stretched out and wind blowing out. This opened with a total of nine. It's getting juiced up uh, like it's going to nine and a half. So you can still find a nine. Give me the over nine in the Mets game. 
Good job, Josh. And that was Neiman on nine with the Eagle, Michael. It looks like Tiger oh, is going to have – it looks like Tiger is going to have a 10-footer. coming back down yep. this hill, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He saw Neiman – he saw Hello Neiman's ball go right in there, so – He's above the we gotta get When Brady Cannon comes on, we've got to ask him about our Neiman. I mean, yeah, that was a hell of a shot. <laughs> it really was. Uh, Josh, thoughts on the dirty water and your Red Sox this year overall? Uh, so I'm looking at the overwin total here, guys. Uh, there's a lot of talk right now with Rafael Devers, whether or not they'll be able to sign him. They offered him a deal that was probably a little bit low, and he rejected that. So I'm getting nervous that you know he may walk in a couple of years. But uh, even though the AL East is really loaded, Sox had a good year last year. Their pitching is questionable, but I think that offense is going to keep them in the game. If you can find like an over 85 and a half Red Sox, that's going to be my play. I am annoyed, though, guys. I wanted Red Sox-Yankees today. It got rained out. You're such a homer. Here's the par putt. I'm a homa. <laughs> You're a homa. The max homa. Down, right down the middle. Right down the middle. He saves Great par save right on there. nine. Tremendous after dropping a shot on eight. So Tiger back to even. He's, he's sitting pretty. He's sitting fine. We continue. Thank you, Josh. Appreciate it with the bat. This is Lombardi <laughs> line. <laughs> This is your VEASAN Masters Update. How has Tiger Woods won five Masters tournaments by dominating the par fives? Well, a mistake on number eight. He just bogeyed the eighth hole par five to get back to even par, but rebounds with a huge par save on number nine. He makes the turn at even par, and in the live market, Tiger Woods remains at 40-1 to one to win the 86th edition of the Masters. Cameron Smith has been on fire. He made a double bogey on the first hole. He then made a birdie on the fifth and the sixth and the eighth and the ninth. He makes the turn at two under par. He is currently the odds-on favorite to win the Masters at plus 850. Joaquin Neiman does one better. He dumps it in on his second shot on nine for an eagle. He makes the turn at three under par, and he is 16 to one to win the Masters. Lee Westwood to two under. The old guard showing up here at Augusta. Things are heating up. Matthew Wolf, by the way, is dead last currently at eight over par through just 12 holes. But like I say, things really heating up here on top of the leaderboard 16 players now into red figures and the wind is absolutely freshening supposed to hit about 15 miles an hour at 2 p.m eastern and that is of course not far away back to the lombardi line with patrick maher and michael lombardi here on vsin to the lombardi line on vsin featuring former nfl executive michael lombardi now once again here's patrick maher Okay, the Masters is teed off, Brady, but that doesn't mean you still can't make some cash. Brady's going to get you paid to the rest of the crew. Wes Reynolds, Matt Humans, our experts are going to teach you and help you during the tournament for matchups, long shot opportunities, which golfers have the best value to win on Sunday. Sign up today, get full access to VSIN through May. That includes the start of the baseball season. Of course, we've got the baseball betting guide. Great job by everybody. And our NFL draft betting guide, which is going to drop right before the draft. So it's all for 19 bucks. You can't miss this opportunity. It's vcin.com slash spring. That's vcin.com slash spring. So as we welcome you back, Tiger makes the turn. He did find the fairway on the par fourth, 10th. Uh, he's That's a great he's hole. even. That's such a pretty hole. I mean, I'm sure Amal doesn't like it, but it's a beautiful hole, 10. I mean, that undulation on 10 and 11, the way that, that it is, it's just beautiful. That, that, that 11th where that little, you know, you got to shape it around there and the creek on the left. I mean, it's just, it's so, it's so nice. Uh, you know, 
I mean, obviously, it wasn't nice enough for them all, but we'll proceed along accordingly, Patrick. <laughs> By the way, you take a look, throw up the leaderboard quickly here. It is not an American leaderboard, that's for sure. Neiman's ch from Chile. Uh, Cameron Smith's Australian. Schwartzel's, I believe, South African. Uh, looks like you got a Japanese player. Westwood is English. Uh, well, he's Patrick Reed, I think he's one under after two or two under. I mean, Patrick Reed, you know, he's won it before. So, Captain you know, America. It's a long Captain America, it's a long way. There's a long way. But I think what Brady said about this wind, uh, and I hope Zalatoris has got his ankle weights, but uh, this wind, you know, is going to play a factor for these guys who are teeing off at, you know, later in the afternoon. Yeah, absolutely. As we were delayed a little bit, maybe 30 minutes, 30 plus minutes on the start of the tournament today. So we'll keep you updated. Great job by Brady out at the D all throughout Tremendous. the day. Yeah, it's a lot. It's Tremendous. a ton of fun. It's a good vibe it here uh, on VEASAN. By the way, a couple things I wanted to ask you as far as the NFL. What does this wide receiver market, Stephon Diggs, mm -hmm. now again, if I tell you it's four years, $100 million, who knows? Yeah. What, that That's just a number they throw out. we got to talk about the guaranteed money. But he does get the extension. And I'm sure you heard the report that Douglas and the Jets were willing to give up the 10th overall pick for DK Metcalf, and Seattle said no. But what I do find fascinating, Michael, is the wide receiver market is getting reset here, right? You got um, no what, doubt. Christian Kirk getting a big deal from Jacksonville. Well, that, that's kind of set it all off. I mean, right. Kirk's not a number one receiver, got paid like one. You know, so that sets the whole thing moving in a direction. Amari Cooper didn't take a pay cut. He ended up getting a $20 million a year, which he didn't play to that level. He got rewarded. So this domino effect, when you look at what Diggs had two more years left on the contract he originally signed when he got traded, so this allowed them to lower their cap number, give them more guarantee, extend them out, helps Buffalo with their cap situation. I think we're going to continue to see this. Uh, it has refocused it. I think the teams like the Jets, you know, uh, when we look at the situation with Metcalf, he's 24 years old. He, he's, he did not have he had 11 touchdowns last year. But his yards per attempt catch were down last year. He's down to 12. He typically averaged 15. You know, and for me, coming out, I thought he was going to be more of a vertical outside receiver. He's improved some of his change of direction, and he's run his route tree is much bigger than I suspected it would be when he was a player at Ole Miss. But, you know, I think what, what Seattle's doing, and it's a smart thing, if you're John Steiner, we'll trade him, but we're going to say no for a while. And there's a lot of reports that they've been saying no, that no team's really interested. And, you know, for them, they have to make, they have this year and next year that they have them. Plus they have their, they have a, a franchise year. So when you add all those three, he's played three seasons. They got a fourth year, which is this year coming up. They tendered them. Then they have a fifth year on the franchise. So for the next two years, he can be part of their rebuild until they decide what they want to do. So they so they have to move them. You've got to make it really economically uh, valuable for them in terms of assets coming back. You know, what you've taught us here on VSIN is follow the agents. The agent that is shared by A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf, well, they share an agent. I should put it that way. Sure they do. Um, A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, do you see the Titans or the Seahawks moving either player? Well, you know, they're both so different, right? So A.J. Brown is, is this, you know, it's not who covers A.J. Brown because he's always covered. It's who's tackling A.J. Brown, and that has tremendous value. You know, and A.J. Brown is a physical, tough, you know, receiver that will make all the catches. He's not going to be an instantaneous get-open guy, but he is going to, if you throw the ball in his area, he will. Metcalf obviously can tilt the field in his favor with his speed that he builds as he runs. So they're different, but they're both really valuable, and 
Brown can play that inside slot, which I think gives him an advantage, like a big tight end going down the middle of the field. I think he's better inside out, whereas Metcalf's better outside. And, and you know, both are going to feed off each other. I mean, look, you know, nobody wants to say we'll draft a guy in the third round like we did with like we did with with Brown or in the low second round like they did with Metcalf. So, you know, everybody wants to pay, but so many teams don't have that luxury to pay for this. This is why the Jets are out there. They know they have a quarterback for the next four years at economic value. They can afford to go extend themselves to a young player receiver to really help them. Yeah, the Jets certainly not one player away. You, you, you don't want to be too young at certain skill places, right? you got a young quarterback, so when you have a young quarterback, you kind of need more veteran receivers. You want to have people around them that can help him, that is going to let him kind of get going a little bit. And, you know, like let's take Deshaun Watson. When he first starts out at Houston, he's got, you know, he's got Hopkins there to really help him get going. And, you know, it kind of becomes a safety blanket. And Will Fuller was there. So they had. Now they've got Corey Davis and this young Elijah Moore, this kid that they drafted last year, certainly can help him. But they hate Denzel Mims. I mean, they would trade probably Denzel Mims. They never played him. I think that the general manager likes him. I don't think the coaches like him. So I think if they added a young player with experience to go along with it, because Corey Davis is not a, you're not going in the game saying, oh, my God, Corey Davis, we got to slow. You know, he's a possession inside receiver. Elijah Moore is kind of a jack, a point guard. You need that vertical outside guy to help their offense. I mentioned the drafts coming up on the 28th, Michael. So what are we sitting 21 days away? Just right down the road yeah. here in Las Vegas. Are you hearing over the past couple of days I haven't spoken to you? Is there any buzz, any any text messages, any buzz on the drafts that you're hearing? I know Stingley uh, you know, Jr. was huge at his little pro day there. I Everybody's think the tripping. thing we have to be really careful of is now everybody's on these 30 visits, and they're off. well, the Panthers brought in 30. I talked about this on the podcast today. You know, uh, when the people do these mock drafts today, they're, they're talking about, uh, you know, well, Carolina needs a quarterback, so let's give them Kenny Pickett. If you do any study and read this column that I wrote today on VEASAN, uh, if you do any studies of the history of first-round quarterbacks, the chances of Kenny Pickett saving Matt Rule's job are less than 5%. 5%. It's not very good. And if you if you are in the last – if you're worried about your job security, don't take a quarterback. I mean, just ask Matt Nagy. Ask John Fox because they'll get you fired playing young quarterbacks. Yeah. What will help you is when you first get the job like Arthur Smith is to take a quarterback and then build with them that way. That's the most – that's the best way to plan. But to me, you're all this nonsense about connecting. Well, Matt Corral's going to Seattle on a visit and the Panthers had three quarterbacks. That means nothing. All of this is due diligence. If you take a look at your monitor approach shot for Tiger on 10 at par four, landed on the green but fell off. So there he is, makes the turn even on the tournament. And he's going to have, uh, it looks to be about a 25-footer for birdie off the green yeah. there on 10. Okay, just was curious. Anything on the draft? What do you got tonight? What are you, are you going? To, I mean, I see the line flipped Philly-Toronto. I, I mean, I can't imagine Toronto. To, I mean, it went from Toronto being favored to now Philly. Me, and and no and no Thibel as we mentioned. So I, I no Thibel's not going to play, you know. And Anunoby, I guess, is Philly, the one. Uh, he's I don't a think Philly wants to get to the third seed. And you think Philly wants to get to the well, third seed? Well, that's the thing. This the, be, this becomes this becomes about gamesmanship as far as seeding. It really is. I, I like Toronto on that. I mean, if I'm, I mean, Doc looks. I mean, I know there's no golf to play in Toronto today, but you know, it might be a good idea. You think Doc's. 
preparing for Toronto tonight or watching the Masters no, with no, us? No, probably I, watching the Masters with us and making sure that we get probably we'll get a lot of Millsat tonight because we don't. He's got experience. We got to get him out there. So you're telling me Doc has been excited about the Brady Cannon updates? Yeah, no, he more than a mall. I know that. <laughs> Speaking of a mall, he and Mike are next. Odds on, Michael. I'll see you tomorrow here on the Lombardi. Line. Thank you, Patrick.